welcome to episode 75 of U.S. Comics Cast, your one stop for everything comic book related. Two topics, 60 minutes for the people. Now, this is normally the point in the show where we would thank the awesome Bad Mary for rocking us in the introduction, but it just so happens that today, on a very special U.S. Comics cast, we happen to have 50%, two-fourths of Bad Mary with us here, Mike and Amanda. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. What's up? Hey, what's going on? Thank you for having us. Yes, uh, thank you so much. This is a... Uh, this is. Uh, I was looking forward to this. <laughs> That's what I like oh, to hear. Okay. Hopefully not oh, just because it's a quarantine and I we're mean, all bored. Hitting I mean, them hard. They were looking forward to this. That's oh, a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. So in any case, we're going to throw it off to Charlie. Now, this is after we thank Bad Mary. Um, after that segment, we usually get to the part of the show where Charlie steals the topic right off from under me because I'm a trusting, stupid child. Yes, then he uh, he throws up free advertising to people who, who do not sponsor us. We will uh, mention, however, the gentleman who joined us last week, our legitimate sponsor, um, Sergeant Finesse from, from Facebook Gaming. Um, we, we, we were just actually talking about it off air. Today, the Sarge, he walked us through the PS5 introductory video. Um, huge things coming from Sony. I, I mean, obviously, again, Mike caught it. Amanda, did you catch it also? I did not. I was actually watching an animated feature film to help prepare for this uh, this conversation. Outstanding. Nice. Mike was giving me updates. Uh, Got to love homework. Well done. <laughs> Very nice. Is that a spoiler? Do you want to spoil what you were watching? No. No, no, no. That's just a clue. Look. We got all day, son. Don't try to... Always trying to rush. Always, always. I can't help it. I'm very excited. what I was doing. I, we, I was honest. We got, we, we, we got rock stars in the building, and that's... that's I figured... Do what they want to do. I figured now was the best time to, to kind of dive right into a divisive conversation. Because I have been quoted on this show before. I've been misquoted. I've had offline arguments, and it's time to bring that argument home. I happen to know for a fact Mike is a Wolverine fan, so I'm going to avoid arguing Logan. But I have to tell you, this week I sat down with my funny books. I cracked them open, nice and fresh. I heard the binding snap, crackle, and pop. Hey, man, I'm not in it to resell. I'm here to enjoy. So I'm. You are the reason digital comics exist, sir. That's true. Because <laughs> I can have them on my iPad in the shower, just because I'm yeah. a rebel. Because if I ruin yeah. the iPad, no dents. I don't give a dog. In the shower. <laughs> yeah, right. But I'm sitting here. I'm enjoying. Uh, I, I, as much as I can, because I'm a little bit arguably of a hater, but I'm reading the newest issue of Batman. And they need to run from the uh, the Riddler, which I'm really, really, I gotta be honest, I'm sick and tired of taking the Riddler serious, first and first mostly. I know he looks cool, and we're looking forward to him cinematically, but he can kick all the rocks. Pile up the rocks, Riddler can kick him over, and he can be like, oh, how many rocks does it take for a Tootsie Pop or some horse shit? But... <laughs> The worst riddle hey, I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so, How many what? How boxes does it take to beat the Riddler? 
<laughs> so what pulls up in the panels? Spoiler alert for this week's Batman comic. But what comes rumbling down? What's his escape craft? I'll, I'll, let me start here. I'll start with somewhat of a riddle of my own, but really it's just a question because I'm not good at preparing things. But John... I'll start with you. Amanda, help if, him out, please. I'll, I'll, we'll start with Amanda. Amanda. <laughs> no, if, I meant she should help you with homework. Amanda, if Batman were to speed away, what craft of his, what famous craft do you think he would use? If you had to take a guess. The Batmobile, right? Take a guess. The, the Batmobile. The Batmobile. That's the first thing I think. If Batman's driving, if Batman's transporting himself, my brain puts him in the Batmobile. Because I don't know. Because, Amanda, it's because you're smart that you assume the Batmobile sure. will roll up. I'm going to now kick it to Mike. Mike, it's not the Batmobile. What escape craft do you Hold think on. Batman Let me start a hangman into? game. Okay. <laughs> okay, so if he's not using the Batmobile, we know for certain he's not using the Batmobile. Correct. Me, I would say the Batwing, the plane. The Batwing! It maybe there's traffic. Amanda yeah. hops in with Batman. Yeah. They're, they're stuck on the LIE. He has his stupid Finn glove out the window, just shaking it because we're in quarantine, but somehow Doing there's still traffic. What happens? Mike comes in yeah. with the little the dangly rope, and he's like, come on, Bruce. Let's hop in the Batwing. Let's hop in. I and it's not the Batwing. If it was the Batwing or the Batmobile, I'd be sitting here waxing poetic about the great new issue of Batman. But no, instead, I'm forced to be incest, to be outraged. John, I'm going to kick Christ. it to you. It is not the Batmobile. It is not the Batwing. What do you think it is? I mean, logic dictates the fact that you're so oh, I'm mad. salty about it. <laughs> My guess would have to be, logic says, did he try to escape in your car? Did he, like, steal your car? <laughs> You're just not having it? If he tried to steal my car or any car or anything with four wheels, I would have right, been right. less pissed. Instead, my friends. And a, a giant Ghostbuster logo on the door. And it's, it's bigger than that. It's 22 inches. <laughs> I got 22 Hot inches. Hot air balloon and unicycle are like the only two things I can think of right now. You would think, but instead, my my wonderful friends here on today's episode of U.S. That's Comics. Very, taking a very Riddler tact with this answer. It was yeah. the Bat Train. He has a fucking Bat Train. The Bat Train? That's right. <laughs> Steve-powered, like Doc Brown, ruining the end of Back to the Future 3. This asshole has fins on the fucking bad train. He's on the bad train! <laughs> <laughs> what the... Get zapped in like Doc Brown's though. Like, like there's no train, and now there's just train. Like, there's no, like, there's a train coming. It's just, there's no train... Let and me, then there's train. Like, how, me, how does it... Let me tell you this, Amanda. <laughs> if randomly in this book, the little fucking train things, cling, 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 and then you heard, <laughs> and the bat train showed up, I would have at least given it a hug before the, for the oh, Back to the Future 3 reference. Instead, he was just like, Alfred, get me the goddamn bat train. Now, first, first wow, takes why? on this what? news that canonically... In the movies, he's the guy from Twilight. Work. 
In the comic books, he has a fucking bat train. Initial reactions. Mike, we'll start with you. I would say this. Um, I hope that he, um, if he's using the bat train, I hope that it produces its own rails. Because where is it going to go? I actually once created... I, where is it going to go? Right? If he's just got a locomotive that's just on the road, how is that going to work? No, it's, <sighs> it's worse. It's just on some sort of goddamn bat track. He has like a bat <laughs> tunnel and, and, and I guess bat stops. I, are they all named depressing shit? It's like the puppy he would have had if his parents weren't killed. I've never been more glad of fictional characters' parents were slain. Because he doesn't deserve parents with his damn no. bat train. I have a theory with the track. Could Talk it, to me. Okay, could it have its, its track kind of like self-contained so that in effect it's like a treadmill, but it's just longer so the train's maybe like propelling itself I hope on an so. infinite track? Maybe more like, like, like a tank. Here? Like a tank like a tread type of but situation. A, but a train. Like a Roomba. The bad Roomba. <laughs> yes. That just seems little Robin. That cave stays extra clean. <laughs> Robin's just spinning if around on it. you said to me, the bad Roomba showed up and saved his ass, I'd be like, man, all right. No, because Roombas, everyone knows Roombas kick all of the ass. And they're frankly just super convenient. So that's like two in one, which if you're going to sport a yellow utility belt... It should be for convenience sake. Um, that is that is just. I, I I cannot tell you how genuinely <laughs> off put I feel knowing that there is a bat train. At what point is he now just a parody unto himself? That's like sixties Batman. It's like that's 100. what I expect out of like the Adam West show. If Adam yes. West called a bat train and he would and he would go I like this have and, and it would be like choo choo would like be the onomatopoeia that popped up, I'd be all for it. If this was yeah. in Batman sixty six, I'd be all for it. The comic like, book or the show. But if you're gonna go like serious Batman, like Batman's Batman gets pretty gritty and pretty serious sometimes, and he's gonna call summon a bat train. Is it like a Pokemon? Does he just like throw out a pellet and it blows yes, up, or like a Dragon Ball capsule? I literally would have preferred it. And insult to injury. Listen, my whole life, my whole life, I've lived with the idea of, of if you're gonna make questionable decisions, you have to be real aggressive with it. My whole life has been spent being Time like. Out. <laughs> This is clearly just your personal mantra at this point. I've always lived by the, if I'm going to fuck up, fuck up big. Otherwise, what's the point? That's, uh, you can't attribute your life choices to Batman. You don't have a train, do you? But I should be able to. Because do better. In, in all of my bad decision making, at least I had the decency to stick to my convictions. Instead, when Batman has the damn... Bat train pull up, right? He's next to he's he's next to next to Deathstroke, and Deathstroke has some sort of snidey comment like, "Are you shitting me? Do you have a bat train?" And Batman just like tries to no sell it and say, "Get on." So the writers were so ashamed of their bat train, they felt the need to call attention to how stupid it was, and that's not how you do superhero shit. Now I, I again I, I've got to I've got to jump in because I I didn't happen to catch that issue. Um, was the train relevant to the story? Like, like in some way, was there a villain who could only be defeated by like you know 
ticket ripping or you know funny puffy hats that just no, like no, what's the point ever? That's, that's just, just how he escaped the Riddler. That's just the the method that of phobia. Yeah, you're afraid of trains. <laughs> the Riddler like, hates trains. Yeah, it's not a not a not a not a bat train. That is just that that may be the worst bat thing I've ever heard in my do life. You, do you know now what's... I'm I'm sitting here and I'm thinking. Um, in the many iterations, because Batman has been everywhere, uh, like a two-dollar hooker through my childhood and into my adulthood, um, I've seen like they've made a real point to be like, look at all the bat shit that exists. Um, some of like it's Wano. on the but <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. Apparently, it's very good for your skin. No, no, just food for thought. Um, I've never heard of a bat train. I've heard of like. I've I've been witness to the bat unicycle, the bat motorcycle, the bat helicopter, obviously the bat wing, the bat boat. I like um, the bat boat. Bat boat's I mean, red. I like when it's the bat wing gets screwed up and it becomes the bat boat. Best oh yeah, toy. yeah, it's the best toy. That's a little that's, bit of trans. That's a little what? bit of transformer. But that's also like the um in the Tumblr version of the Batmobile, how it like just fucking it's ejaculates out of the bat motorcycle. I'm like, hey, good for giant wheels. I don't know how you're turning, but then again, you've got pointy ears, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, aesthetics. We're not gonna let rule the day. Um, I've never in all my many days heard of a bat fucking train. Did it say bat train on it? Because what? then it fully belongs. In the 66 universe. Because I figure you had two good options if you made this terrible decision. Living in the Charlie-verse, where every bad decision is celebrated, what you do is you have that bitch have giant red fins and neon underglow like it's in the Batman Uh and Robin movie. But instead, it tried to look badass. It was like all shiny black, and it had the little wingalings. But it was like, oh, my train will strike fear in the cowardly and weak. Get the fuck oh. out of here, Bruce. <laughs> fuck if right anything, off, you man. see the bat train roll up and you think, two, I think, I think two things when the bat train rolls up. A, good for him that he is, you know, he's not just a, a single person driving around in a car that could, you know, have 12 people in it. So, you know, he's, he's. He's taking care of the environment. Yeah, I appreciate stuff like that. I'm down with it. But then my mind immediately goes to, as big as this fucking train is, you couldn't still fit the entire Bat family. Because as a loner (laughs) that he is, he has no fewer than 54 mini Batman running around his little feet at all times. That is just, that may be the worst decision making uh, in any Bat book that I've heard of. I have a question. Crazy. Please. I have a question. Do you think if he if he falls asleep on the bat train, does he wake up in Ron <laughs> Konkuma? <laughs> like he he's like, oh stop, Alfred, stop the train. I'm sorry, Master Bruce. We have to go to the end of the line. <laughs> we'll catch you on the comeback, sir. Just That's there's some brutal. there's some obnoxious guy taking his ticket, but the app won't load, and he says you have to open oh. the app, but there's no Wi-Fi. It's classic. Yeah, can't Bruce. Classic. He tries to uh, he tries to pay in cash. He was like, "No, sorry, <laughs> on board. We only take electronic." He busts out the like bat credit card, cause that's <laughs> that's a thing I thought was the dumbest bat thing. But, Sir, but the... this has George Clooney on it. 
Yes. No, I just want it. It's fine. It's and fine. my broken heart. Uh, we're getting a lot of criticism from friends of the show Ugh. for this many LIRR so. jokes in a row. And it's rightfully <laughs> so. But I just want to point out one more thing, and then I have more questions for you guys to help me through this time of mourning for my last ounce of respect for Batman the character. But things like someone, some one of our friends of the show mentioned that, like, the underpants on the outside of their tights, that's commitment because no one ever talked about it. You never have Clark nudge Lois and be like, isn't it hilarious? I got draws on the outside of my tights because that's not committing to the look. Commit to the look. You got a bad train. Be proud of your train. Everybody knows the story of the underwear on the outside. We all know that it's the rivet of the circus man, mm-hmm. of the circus strongman uh, uniform, per se. Um, and then, obviously, since every superhero, nay, non-superpowered hero, that came along afterwards <laughs> said, hey, that's a that's a great look, you crazy Kryptonian. Let me go ahead and throw my drawers on the outside. Uh, <laughs> Quailman. Yeah, exactly right. Except exactly I respect right. Quailman. He committed <laughs> to that belt crown. Committed. Have you never seen the quail train? It's a real, it's a hood, man. It's a real, it's a real party. Fun fact about the quail train. That's why Doug was canceled. It was very sexually explicit. It did not involve a locomotive. It just involved the beats and it was, it was vile. It aired twice on ABC though. Fun fact. (laughs) Disney's Doug. Disney's Doug. I, I I wrote that episode. But I committed to it. So here's here's the real question, though. At Yuck. what point does a character become a parody unto themselves? At what point is it this this kind of BS modern... People would accuse it of being hipstery. It's to, like, make fun of the things that you care about. So at what point is that line crossed? Or is it never crossed? Because it's four, you know, four-color... <laughs> funnies I'll, I'll kick it to mike and amanda from bad mary first do you think yeah. this does this hurt batman or is there always a cure for what they screw up i think it i well the good thing about comics right is that they come out well in some cases i think batman's is he's, he's twice monthly right um, a batman comic least. comes out once a day once a day so um yeah i should know this stuff but you know my brain is mush but I'm, I'm pretty sure Batman is a, is a twice-monthly book. So the good thing is is that mistakes, they can always kind of like never really talk about them again. Like we talk about the Spider-Mobile a lot, but we realize it's a joke. Um, and that's like one of those things where it's like it matters how Batman, I guess, is written or how the character is written. If you're doing a Batman 66, right, and you're writing something that's supposed to be overtly campy, and over the top, then yeah, that stuff works, right? That's okay. But like when you have like, and I, I was talking with a friend about this with like Batman Forever, right? Batman Forever was almost trying to be both too serious, but also trying to like be goofy, but like not goofy enough so that in the way it wasn't respectful to what was going on in the movies at that time. Agreed. Like where Batman and Robin is completely camp. Like they went full on camp with it. So I think you get to a point where it's just like, it depends on what's going on in the story. And I know with Batman right now, the big thing is, you know, you have, um, the new characters coming in and Batman 92 is a gigantic book. But yeah, I think, I think it's got, if it doesn't fit the flavor of what's going on around it, I think that's when, you know, it's like you become a parody of yourself, but it's not, it's not the place for it. You know what I mean? I think the best place for Batman to be parodied 
is if you were to do something like Batman Brave and the Bold, like that cartoon, or the Batman 66 comics. I think that's mm. okay. Even Batman 89, I know they were tossing that comic, like uh, the idea for that comic oh, around a bit. I, I'm not even sure. It. Yeah, they were tossing that idea around. Even yeah. that, and you, you kind of like had fun with that kind of like the camp of Batman, but then, then but you know, I don't know. I think it's got to justify if it's going, what's going on around him. You know, yeah, I, that was I, that was a shockingly articulate and well backed up answer. Something that this show has had no previous, no no experience with before. I'm just talking like, hey Charlie, what's the the greatest superhero? And you're like hot dogs. And, and we, just, <laughs> we have to just kind of roll with it and and pad it up and you know and and put it out there for the. That's outstanding, Amanda. What do you think? is not going to be nearly <laughs> feel so free to answer to... hot dogs to anything it always flies <laughs> well i have i have a strange relationship with batman i think because there are certain instances like in general i really like the characters like on the whole regardless of what iteration they're in like if you talk about batman i think the characters are very cool i don't enjoy all iterations of it so like i have found my favorite is the either super campy or honestly, um, Nolan. Yeah, Nolan. Is, except for The Dark Knight Rises, I cannot stand by that movie. I have very strong feelings about that movie. Um, yeah, but <laughs> speaking from that, I don't know um, if I. I don't know if I've seen it enough times where I would see it become a parody of itself. Like I'm interested in this because I'm hoping every time I see Batman, I'm hoping to like it. I'm always rooting for myself to like it. I want to like it. And then I'll like even give it a second shot. Cause I think I saw dark Knight rises like two or three times. And I was like, I still, I don't, I can't. Mm, nah. Maybe it's because of Brain. It's entirely because. <laughs> it's entirely you, because you know, what's really interesting about that. Amanda is, <laughs> is I've constantly had the argument with people that I can tell whether they wanted a movie to succeed or fail by their initial denial. So my brother and I, when we saw episode one, we left that movie being like, yeah, yeah, purple lightsaber was in it. Oh, boy. There's there's pod racing. That was dope. (laughs) And it takes like a couple days or at least a couple hours where I left Justice League. And I was like, there were people in it. (laughs) <laughs> like there was at one point on the screen it said justice league that was cool right and that, then that was okay i had this weird nightmare with with specifically batman v superman where the first time i saw it i left the theater like a like an abuse victim and just my little <laughs> heart was broken and i i i was just like i have to go see this again so i go back the next night and I left the movie and I had brainwashed myself into being like, Superman's in it. And he has like a cape and like there's the S. There's an S on his chest. And yeah. Lois is in a oh, bathtub. That was pretty dope. And it took like <laughs> two or three days later, I'm like crying in the shower. I have like a little beer koozie, suction cup to the wall, just tears filling my why. The uh, Las Vegas soundtrack is playing in the background. (laughs) Nick Cage is knocking on your door. What's a shame is I think that I actually really think that like visually Ben Affleck is a 
great choice for Batman. Great... I think he's a great choice. I think Henry Cavill's a great choice for Superman. Yeah. Have you have you ever seen the like Alex Ross uh, uh, paintings in progress? Like the models that he uses. Yeah. You're like, holy shit! You, where did you find a human that looks just like your paintings? Like you, yeah. my my brain doesn't wrap around. I'm like, oh no no, that that makes more sense. But the the Ben, he could have been. He could have stood in for an Alex Ross painting, which yeah. are like at this point he, super iconic. He he looks just like you would imagine the human version of that character to be, and it just ugh. he looks yeah. like he looks like animated series Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he really does. Not. If you show a picture of animated, well, animated series Batman is the best Batman. Anyone who wants to argue with me, they jaw. can, they can, they can get out. I, um, I agree. With you. It's, it's the jaw. The jaw. It's the jaw. It's Batman's gotta have the chin. Thing. It's a perfect the ninety degrees. But That's what you I'm want, okay. your Batman. I just, I just want to go ahead and interject right here because someone has to be the voice of reason and the librarian, nah. uh, especially with this crew. So, um, much to my chagrin and shock. Uh, Charlie's uh, Charlie's near-death experience with the Bat Train is actually not the first Bat Train appearance. What? You would be. Bat yep. Train yep. To the future too. Mm-hmm. You would be. You would be loath to hear that the first, the first Bat Train appearance was actually in Batman number ninety-five. I'm out. October. Hi, Charlie. Oh wait, because he'll want to. He won't listen to the replay. There he is. <laughs> October of 1955. Wow. The shit idea it, then too. It was constructed as a regular steam lomo, lo, locomotive. Fix that in in post. Nah. Uh, but designed to resemble the various other already existing bat vehicles. So just you know, we'll throw a we'll throw an animation up. Just picture the giant. Amanda in the front row, yes. I just want to point out that the bat train was invented in 1955, which was the year that they went back in time to. Also, with the timing, 1955 yeah, to yeah. 2020. No, that would be the 65th. It was constructed by Biff Tannen, actually. I'm reading the notes right here. So I have a question. Doc got the idea for the time train because yeah. he saw the bat train go by after sending Marty back to the future. Therefore, they're in the same universe. <laughs> oh my God! I hope I his. I, I, I hope. Back today. I hope Doc Brown's kid, who desperately had to pee, so he was pointing to his Wang Chung tonight, never gets to. That's how mad Amanda just made me. Doc yeah. Brown's kid with a UTI. Because this is bullshit. Here's the, the yeah. best part. Only a month before is the first appearance, and then a month later is when the time machine comes back. Maybe maybe the bat train roaring by is what startled Doc, and he like, whoa, off the toilet and bashed his head. Like, we're really connecting the dots here. So check this out. So we're at a whole different in, show in now. In addition to all this terrible, all of this ter- terrible imagery, um, I want you to to to, I want you to picture this. The bat symbol was placed in its boiler. So now this choo-choo is chugging along, and the fucking bat signal is in the sky, trailing behind it. Um, the bat so shield subtle. on the front. Um, so the train was built with public funding and in collaboration between <laughs> collaboration between different cities. Just another example of the 1% 
taking from the people. So taxpayer money went into building this fucking diabolical nonsense. That's the most offensive thing I, I'm reading here. Um, um, here he, <laughs> sorry, go for it, Batman. All right, because here's my over. question. Do you think that because they always say that Superman's more powerful than a locomotive, that Batman built the Bat train out of kryptonite so he can be like, like I'm going to run Clark down? See, you know what? It would that's, a, that's an outstanding thesis, except for the fact that we know it was fucking built by these Mama Lukes. Because, like, ah, you know, Batman's great. Wait, here's the point. They didn't even build it originally so that he could jump on the train and do his daring do and, and fight crime. No, they, they built it to allow Batman to travel across the country giving lectures about crime fighting while taking his equipment along with him. Now, yeah. during this cross-country journey, Batman and Robin stopped several crimes. Gee, thanks a lot, fuckhead. Some of which took place... <laughs> On the very bad train. So, yeah, they could take time out of their busy day of frolicking and frivolity to, to stop some crimes. But it had to be actually on the fucking train for him to give two bits of a fuck. Alfred jokingly refers to the possibility of a bad train in New 52. But we've, we've thrown that away completely. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead. I'll share this entire fucking page. Because I'm people will not believe. This is an actual thing. Well, you know, he the big... using the train to teach with the bat train effectively be his magic school bus. <laughs> yes, I'm back in. I'm back in. <laughs> it would be his, his magic school bus. Good yeah. friend of the show, yeah. Ellis, sign me up for the pre order of the Tycho bat train playset available. Ellis? This I Christmas. Literally anything if you slap a bat logo on it. Anything at all. <laughs> and he has. I sold him some pens and paper. <laughs> I just had a stamp. Twenty-five bucks each. He's been doing he's been that's, coloring for free for the show for uh, for good, years uh, now. That's a good business model on your part. Well done, sir. I'm proud of you. <laughs> so uh, awesome. I will leave it at this. Batman once again proves to be even more ridiculous. Than that Wolverine <laughs> motorcycle that had claws. We oh, all man. had it growing right up. Toy. Had his little claws. A mutating motorcycle was the second dumbest yeah. mode of transportation behind the bat train. However, I said it. I'm sticking to it. I, I'll I'll go ahead and throw out there that um, there was a Matchbox original. It was Matchbox, and then I think it rolled out into other. Other variations rolled out, but uh, a Superman transport that flew because sometimes you don't want to fly it yourself. I understand. I get it. I've seen pigeons on airplanes, so I, I totally understand. <laughs> but the 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 truly insulting thing about it is that it had two giant fists sitting in the front of the jet, which can just. So not only are you too lazy, Superman, to actually fly your candy ass from point A to point B, but now you can't even take it upon your Kryptonian self to punch somebody? Punching is what you do that's like on your resume after second best journalist in the bingo. You know, in the <laughs> it's, just, it's just offensive. I mean, some of these vehicles... They just but think, those are I, at least I totally just toys, right? This isn't like... That's not in issue 183 of Action Comics. He's like, let that, me hop in my soup transport gonna, with a rotating fist action. Research. 
I'm I'm at this point I'm too scarred up to actually say with any confidence. Nah, that's never been in the comic book. That couldn't S- possibly suddenly when the fucking Batman has made its second appearance. <laughs> Twice. Uh, I will say yeah. this though, if in the Robert Pattinson movie the Bat Train pulls up, I'm on board. If it pulls I mean, up glitter behind it, I'm all in. At this point it's I canon, so I've seen like a little bit of one of them. So the last frame of reference that I have for Robert Pattinson is the lighthouse. So if it's like anywhere here that. (laughs) Yeah. Fun fact about our, our new, our new cinematic Batman. Here's two quick fun facts during this whole quarantine. He couldn't be bothered to work out. So we're getting like a real bloated Batman for the second half of that film. And films like are shot backwards, so he's going to either get in better shape or worse shape. Let's see what happens. And as well as I happen to really recommend the Twilight films. Because, spoiler alert, in the second to last one, he bites a baby out of the fucking broad that doesn't act. Like the stone chick. She's just sitting there. He's like, I'm nom nom nom. Baby! That shit happened. That's committed. Never in my life. And now, even less so. And fun fact, in in the special edition of that film, the baby has little bat ears on. Spoiler (laughs) alert. That's actually the beginning of this new Batman movie. Ben Affleck's his dad, and he's the Twilight baby. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think they're going to show the Waynes get killed again? Because I think everyone needs to see that for the thousandth time. At this point, it's just being rude. Wayne's get killed again. (laughs) At this point, uh, what I'm really more interested in is, like, uh, I would love to see, like, the, the, the... the, the swap game among all the Wayne's couples that, that we've seen at this point. Be, the, the most recent Wayne killing may have been my favorite because it was like totally a celebrity sighting. <laughs> Fucking dynamite. Yeah. Hey, have you seen about? Walking your Dead? Mother's a, <laughs> your mother's a zombie killer and your father's a fucking comedian? That's the, the coolest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, like fun. that guy was meant to be a, a, an emo superhero if nobody else. <laughs> Fun fact, we actually solved the mystery of Superman's flying plane. He bought that right after he lost his boxing match to Muhammad Ali. That's a no, fun no. fact for you. His, he, his he ego his powers, was rocked. And Muhammad Ali could eat your fucking lunch any day of the week now. And he's been dead for a long time. So you, you fucking watch your mouth, okay? Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, my blood. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. John, you couldn't be blurrier. Put your hand over the, yeah. the camera. <laughs> no, just hold it and then move it away. <laughs> it's perfect now. I don't say I think that's my time, John. How are we doing time wise? Um, you know what? Uh yeah, sure. Why not? We'll we'll call that an. You know what? I don't want to end totally on a po- on a negative note. Uh, we'll start with Mike, move on to Amanda, and finish with John. Mike, what's your favorite thing about Batman? My favorite thing about Batman. Um, hmm. I mean, I could say the animated series. Um, that but, works. Uh, it, uh, yeah, I think that's my favorite. My favorite Batman thing. Um, plain, plain and simple. That followed very, very closely by uh, the Tim Burton 89 movie. I think the Batman 89 was so good. I think everything about that, I just loved that. I love that movie so much. I've watched it so many times. 
And I think that I, I think it's just it's just the right amount of ridiculous, you know. I mean, I love that. I love when Batman's just a little ridiculous. I mean, yeah, he's a, a dude in a cape for no reason. He doesn't fly. You're never gonna be disappointed. Fucking anywhere, no. and he's like, I'm gonna throw on a leather cape because I'm a bat. Amanda, your favorite thing about Batman? Um, I I like that Batman. Kind of going back to what I said before, the characters themselves, like it has been done in so many ways that the uh, it lends itself to so many different styles. And I think that that's very cool about it inherently. My favorite thing I've ever experienced involving Batman is actually the um, almost social media campaign that the Dark Knight did before the movie uh, premiered. Because I went to one of those New York City like scavenger hunt things that happened before the movie was released where we're just like all chasing the bat signal like around New York City and where they created all the websites for all the stores and everything that actually were in the movie that had real phone numbers that you could like call and get a voice message from. So like I got very caught up in that when that that's film was awesome. being released. So that's my favorite thing I've ever personally partaken in involving Batman. I don't think anything will beat it because it was just such a, like, you felt like you were in it. You felt like you were involved yeah. in the, the world they were creating. That's amazing. And luckily it was one of the ones that were more successful because I think Walking Dead did it once <laughs> it. with body parts. It was like body parts with phone numbers and people just kept thinking there were body parts in the middle of L.A. Because that's yeah, no. They did, they did the majority of it online. Like, there weren't so many physical things you would find. We were literally, like, running for the bat signal, and then someone would, like, kind of find a clue. But it was very clearly, like, this is a scavenger hunt. That is... <laughs> Everyone go there now. And, like, you'd get different. It was... It was done mostly um, mostly online, so there weren't as many. There were gladly no body parts. I think I probably would have been confused also. Just Joker's, a... like, face peeled off or something yeah. ridiculous. John, you're uh, you're clearly in a in a sea of blurry glory. But what is your favorite thing about Batman? That he's blurry mostly because I like to identify with my heroes whenever it's possible. John, if you use your hand um, or a piece of paper, cover the entirety of it so it focuses on your palm. Yeah, and like now this. Move away. Yeah. Like, this is entertainment this is, television. This is audio gold. I'm leaving oh, all yeah. of this in for the podcast. Yeah, you better not, because you have one responsibility, sir. I think Amanda um, hit the nail on the head for me, um, and I don't mean to cut you off, John, so I'll stop. I mean, you do. What's you do. your it's favorite fine. thing about You do it every Batman? week. It's fine. No, no, no. I, I, I'm desperate to know what your favorite thing about it. Uh, I love the fact that Batman almost translates better when someone adds a huge asterisk to it. What if we did Campy Batman now? Brave and the Bold is a miracle of a cartoon. It's so impossible to follow Batman the Animated Series. So the best way to do it is to completely sidestep it. And Brave and the Bold was amazing. They threw him in bright colors, bright scenarios. He was cheesy as hell. And it made him ten times more lovable for me personally. And then you look at something like Batman Beyond. Where Batman Beyond, they were like, now it's in, fu it's in the future. Enjoy being future. And Batman's old, but he's still kind of yeah. Batman. But he's not. Look at him. He got a new Batman, but he don't trust them. Or I was just watching the animated version of one of my absolute favorite Superman graphic novels. I was watching Superman Red Sun. Oh, and they so reimagined Batman as like this. Like, I, I, I still don't care. Superman sucks. Yeah. I don't care if we're prosperous. This guy blows. Let me get some red lamps. And if it wasn't for Wonder Woman... 
just ruining my plan from top to bottom, and I had to blow myself up. Sloop spoiler, you should have read read Son of oh Your Oh my listening God, to this podcast. dude, you just... And then what happens in the last frame is like you think Superman. I'm just kidding. Um, I <laughs> like much. how. All right, I, I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta clip you because you'll, you'll, you'll eat up all your time. You'll eat up my time. Ten more things. That's not gonna happen. Um, no, I mean for me, and, and this is actually a conversation that I've had um, embarrassingly many, many times, but more so kind of like in the Superman versus Batman conversation, but. Uh, it's definitely attributable to to what you're asking because Batman, <clears throat> with very very few exceptions, is the only non-powered character running around in a in a world of of powered characters. And and granted, you can you can point to I, I want to take the, the 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 mini Batman family and put them off to the side because obviously they're emulating everything that they see but um just like batman proper uh it's not that just that he's kind of like playing in the same game as super powered individuals he's fucking leading the game he's you know he's debatably top three uh voices in the entire uh you know dc uh comic book them uh, universe when when he talks these motherfuckers that can if they wanted to pick him up rip him in half at the waist but instead they're like oh that's a that's an interesting point batman maybe we should fucking do that and it's just amazing um now it also leads into what m- probably my biggest gripe with all of the batman uh iterations that we've seen and you know what mike again makes it makes a good point maybe with the exception of the animated series um one of his best attributes that's spoken about, again, is also on his business card, uh, that we've never seen on the big screen, is him detecting some shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, be a detective. World's fucking greatest detective. And he he's like, punch, punch, look what I can do. Well, no, what are you We've got people for that. Stay in your lane, Bruce. What are you doing? Figure some shit out. That's how you can really help us out. Yeah, of course, bring it... Bring, Bring in the bat train every once in a while when we've been partying with the Justice League a little too much and nobody's really safe to drive home. Yeah, be responsible. Load everybody up on the train. Shoot the bat signal out of the fucking stovepipe because that makes a lot of sense. Um, but no, I want to see Batman uh, detecting some stuff. I, mean, I, I really hope that, and I have a good feeling, for whatever it's worth, about, about this newest iteration. They've they've made it a point that they've said that they've come out and said look we're going to do something different and um to me if you have a, a checklist they've done this they've done that we've seen bat nipples like we've we've run the gamut at this point now what's left other than detecting some stuff yeah, um so procedural I, I'm, I'm really hopeful that that's what we're going to get with this version <laughs> and if you got to have headshots and a lot of expressions and very flat nose looks then you got the right guy because if he has him working out, you could save the action sequences for the uh, for the sequel. He's gonna see some guy frozen to a wall and take off his <laughs> towel and be like, "Looks like this guy's a little chilly." Yeah, oh, that's gonna be the whole. <laughs> and and with that, I'm gonna have to go ahead and exclude Charlie from the rest of the show. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us. You've been a wonderful guest. Uh, back to my normal programming with Mike and Amanda. Um, so. 
we will take this opportunity. This is normally, again, for anyone who's not been indoctrinated. Charlie likes to throw out some spam shit or some fictional sponsorship that we don't have, uh, while at the same time completely eviscerating the opportunity of maybe having them one day. So I'll cut him short like a moil that I am. Uh, and I'm going to talk about uh, what actually is something that I've notes that I've written to myself consistently. We really don't. Uh, acknowledge Bad Mary enough. Yeah, we talk about them at the top of the show, and we talk about them at the at the at the out uh, of the show. But I mean, if you open up a Webster's, and I, I don't have one here, I have a lot of Stephen King. But um, if I opened up a dictionary and and looked up the definition of sponsorship, who more so encapsulate that than than Bad Mary? They they allow us to use their their music. Ad nauseum, you know, uh, however we want. It's we allowed to chop it up, and and uh, frankly, I don't think that top and bottom of the show is quite enough. So I wanted official. We're gonna be referring to Bad Mary as what they really are—a proud sponsor, hopefully, of of this show of U.S. Comics, U.S. Comics cast. Um, so <laughs> we'll be. It was a good run. Um, so so uh, they're going to get their, their just due at the midway uh, mark of every episode. So everyone be on the lookout for that. I just want to take the opportunity now thank in case guys. we're rambling later. Thank you, guys. Um, giving giving half your sandwich to someone who's hungry, yeah, that's something. Uh, no doubt about it. But maybe mom made the sandwich. So really, what is it giving? Give, giving access to your babies uh, every one of your songs I know are your babies and letting us use them uh, in, in the goofy way that we do for f- talking about four color funny books. I mean, that's I couldn't thank you enough. Well, thank um, you so guys. Thank you. you guys official official sponsor of U.S. Comics. So oh, thank you. Thank- oh, that's awesome. Thank you. guys. Thank you. Thank and, to be, you guys. To be, and to be 100 uh, percent transparent here, there's a lot of four color funny book stuff in the music that we write. Uh, I don't think if if I didn't don't grow up it. reading reading comic books playing video games and uh, watching cartoons and anime and stuff, I, I don't think the songs that I write um, as part of Bad Mary would, like, that's a giant influence, you know? So it's it's full circle. Comic books are a big part of who we are as a band. I can't think of a better use. Yeah, so thank <laughs> you guys. Like, when you're like, well, we're just talking about something. Like, no, but that's our music. That's, that's, what, that's the whole, that's the whole, like, idea. Yeah, we wrote an album about a robot. I was going to say, I, I could... Off the top of my head, I can think of a person of uh, better use right now. And I don't know if this is something you guys want to talk about or, or timing is perfect, but I sat for a good hmm, 40 minutes, let's say, and I was absolutely enthralled by an animated uh, movie, um, which which featured, I mean, just song after the month, a favorite of mine, favorite after favorite after favorite of Bad Mary songs. I mean, is that something you guys can talk about? I, I know I had a little bit of a sneak yeah, peek, but... Yeah, we can talk a little bit about it. We can definitely talk a little about it. I know um, the the creator of it is not here with us, so the person that you would probably have the most answerable questions for <laughs> is not among yeah, us right David. now. But, we can make um, those arrangements. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. He would, he would love to talk about it, and it's in film festivals and stuff right now, and it just got a, it just got a, a finalist award for something that was in an animated, as an animated short. It's gotten, it's gotten some awards for best animated short in fe- film Get festivals. The hell out That's of here. amazing. And, and, he, and what's also good is it's gotten um, some awards for best original music, which is like um, in, a, in a short. So that's also great. 
So um, David, who plays guitar in Bad Mary, uh, we've been in band together now. This is the 10th year of Bad Mary. It's 2020. We started in about 2010 as a band. Wow. And um, David, David, who plays guitar, writes a lot of the music. Um, he writes some great stuff. He's also a very, very talented designer and professor, and he's designed all our logos, and he's made pretty much all of – he's made all of our – mostly all of our music videos except for one music video, oh, which was uh, made – Yeah, one was taped when we uh, – filmed when we were in Japan. But, um, yeah, David has done mostly all our videos. He's and, and then we – so about 10 years ago, I had written a song called Space Girl, which is on our first album, um, which is about uh, a robot that gets sent out into space to kind of like – see what's going on. It's like an exploratory mission. She finds all this stuff, transmits the data back to Earth. The people at Earth, the evil scientists at Earth are like, the bad scientists, not the good scientists. The all bad right. scientists at Earth are like, oh no, we can't let this information get out. It'll drive people crazy, blah, blah, blah. So they tell her, they shut her down while she's in space. And she's like, well, I'm done. So she, not her plan happening. is to come back to kind of destroy Earth. Oh, so, oh that's a dog. Is that, is that Shabelle? This is Sly. 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 I have Shea Bell on the brain. <laughs> Shea's curled up over here. <laughs> oh, friend. So about about three years ago, two years ago, we or a year, yeah, a little, about a year ago, a little bit more than Some a year ago, ago, we um, decided <laughs> that we wanted to write a concept album for it. And David, who is a professor, was like, I think we should tell the story of Space, who is a professor, who he said, I think we should tell the story of Space Girl in a concept album. So we said, let's do it. And he was on sabbatical, and his sabbatical project, you have to learn to do something while you're on sabbatical, like te- to learn a new a new skill. Well, he, that is knocking fucks. He done some videos for yeah. us previously but that he learned, helped, uh, yeah. gear him in this direction. Yes. But he, right. for you have to learn a new skill when you go on sabbatical, and he was like, I want to learn animation and C- CG animation. So yeah. he was like, I'm going to make a, a movie for the record. Um, so he that did. That is and amazing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> He's very talented. Holy shit, that's like like um, and there's a lot of a lot of stage talent uh in these uh, three quadrants. Uh, I'll exclude myself. Um, but that is the equivalency of someone who's making their first Broadway appearance and winning the fucking Tony. Yeah, like that is that is nuts. That's amazing. Yeah. We also we didn't know we didn't know that he was doing it. So to backpedal a little bit, David had been teaching himself like basic animation kind of as almost like not a hobby, but kind of like to, I think it started as a hobby. Yeah. Actually, it really did start as a hobby. And he took like, uh, we did a holiday song, yeah. you know? So he was like, Oh, this is fun. Let me try it out. And I think that really like set the fire in his wow. brain to be like, okay, this is a really cool idea. So he didn't tell us when he started, um, animating the, the full album feature oh, and shit. we got to practice we meet every week yeah so we got to practice one you know one week during his sabbatical kind of had had been for a bit i don't remember when that was yeah last was year was kind of a blur like a yeah. lot yeah. happened <laughs> but one tuesday we're walking downstairs and he turns around like i think clutching a coffee mug that he uh-huh. tried like a dozen times that day like i gotta show you something we're like okay so we go by his computer, which is normally where he shows us if he's been writing anything or whatever we broadcast from there. And we're all kind of huddled around him and he shows us the first like full opening track into the next track. And we he's were saying, like, holy shit. What, what the what fuck is, is this? What are you what doing? <laughs> like, I was like punched in the face. But I was like, this yeah, is it was crazy. Crazy. This is crazy. Cool. And he's like, yep. So I got my work cut out for me for like yeah. 
and we would get there every Tuesday and he'd been like working on animation stuff all day, all, all day. day. And if you look at the credits of animated films, like any any that you watch, like they're ridiculous. They have teams upon teams yeah. upon teams of people yeah. to do every single specific thing. He did everything by himself. Yeah, it's crazy. It That's was unbelievable. Uh, it was a, it was it was a gigantic um, undertaking. And then, like I said, with and then you know, as a he's a stage designer, so he designed sets. He was my sets. professor uh, in really? the theatrical. Give me a B minus in class. I bring it up all the time. That B minus. No, yeah, no. He says I didn't give you a B minus. You earned a B minus. That's literally what he was. So he's just so all of those skills that he learned with animation, he's now applying when he designs his sets for at Hofstra University. And I've seen some of the stuff he's done with. uh, They did uh, Troilus and and Cressida, and some of the stuff they did with the animations and the projections behind the. The, the oh, actors was unbelievable. And, and it's crazy. And realistic looking, oh, too. Yes. Like, there's some very cool yeah. structures that you can create on a stage with that kind of projection yeah. that, like, crazy. I don't know. And I was a student at Hofstra. Given the time constraints and yeah. the, the, like, it takes a, a long time to set that stuff up. Yeah. So it's, like, both here. And it, like, it, it was really It was cool. beautiful. And, yeah. and it's great how that stuff translates, you know. But no, that was a. That's like, unbelievable. He, he, could, he could definitely speak more about that, maybe at some <laughs> other point. But us, um, that's like his Charlie, thing, and he. Uh, that's prep, side of it. We prep saw. the yes. invitation. What? Prep, <laughs> prep the invitation. That's that's fucking outstanding. I mean, yeah. and if you guys don't mind, I'd like to to forward it on to Charlie Boy so he can see it. Sure, sure, yeah. Oh Unlikely, God, yes, pre- please. Eventually, it will be for everyone. Will be able to watch it on on uh, on YouTube. Right now, it's just for our Patreon audience because um, we have the Patreon and people sign up for that. And we'd well, like the, to give them a couple extra things. Our Patreon audience too, like they were there with us yes. throughout the entire writing process mm-hmm. of the album, The Return of Space Girl. So this was kind of like, since it was still doing like a little bit of a festival circuit yeah. and stuff, it can't be widely released. Sure, for that. sure. As a thank you for that, we put that out um, that out earlier. That's so, awesome. Oh, that's look at awesome. what's the. How can they find your Patreon? Uh, it's just patreon.com slash badmary, and for a dollar a month, you get to – that's like the, our lowest tier, but for a buck a month, you can watch us. Uh, we do live streams straight to Patreon. We do rehearsal sessions on Patreon, and then we have other things where it's like uh, people get some they, – they get to be a member of the club, and they get a special keychain, and they get – putting up like acoustic covers Yeah, acoustic too. covers, like random... ukulele videos, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Just I started so... teaching myself how to play ukulele, so there's a lot of clumsy ukulele on there right now. <laughs> The best. That's going to be the name of that album. The best kind of ukulele. Clumsy ukulele. ukulele. Um, (laughs) Those jam sessions are so much fun. The first one I saw was uh, Patreon was like down. So like it just wouldn't connect. So you just threw it up on Facebook Live. And that's how I got uh, uh, addicted to kind of just watching a jam session. It's so inside baseball almost. It Mm -hmm. felt like the opening scene of Scott Pilgrim. Where it's yeah, like yeah. the first time the new girlfriend comes in, it's like I don't know who to say hi to. Someone's playing, you know, Nintendo. Uh, it, it was it was rad as hell. Uh, I couldn't recommend yeah. it more. But uh, you know, there's something really. And again, anyone who's listened to this show at this point has heard, you know, at least a few of your tracks. There's such a, a crazy energy to that music and specifically this newest concept concept album i i'm literally like almost salivating at the idea of of watching that be brought to life you you are salivating (laughs) everybody can see them i like what i like i i forced my way in there so all right so i'm going to go ahead and uh only because they'll probably have a new issue out by the time that we wrap this up (laughs) 
Um, I I want to I want to to broach my topic. Um, this actually this is one of those. Oh boy, when certain topics are raised, you you become like a like a gunslinger in, in the old west. Like you like you've got your answer ready to go, and you have all your ammunition on your little belt lined up. Like, and here's the reason why, and also this, and this and that. And you know, it's interesting because the answer to this question might, for some people, be a cowboy or two. But mm-hmm. um, I digress. Empire Magazine, uh, in an issue that's upcoming, it's I believe it's their July issue, which for some reason uh, they always release <laughs> their issue a month early. So their July issue, which hit the stands today, uh, so you can go out and pick it up. Um, one of the topics of conversation was, well, this was the heroes issue. So they, they cover a lot of, yeah, I agree with you, iPad. They cover a lot of ground, um, but one of the very specific things that they did was they they put it to a vote for their, for their very large readership. Um, they wanted the top 50 movie heroes of all time. Now, granted, that is a very deep, that is like the, the, the Olympic-sized pool that you can dive into at that point from like 13 stories high and, and not, even, not even touch toes at the bottom. Um, it covers a lot of ground, but I know for me, uh, the answer is always, it's an automatic. It's an automatic. And in this circumstance, which almost never happens, Guys, America got it right because number one with a bullet. Bum, bada, bum, bum, bum. Close, but no cigar. It was my man, Indiana Jones. Wow. Came in number one. I mean, wow. Number you got one. I. That's not a bad pick. Despite bad Crystal pick. Skull, it's the only pick. Sir. It's like it's, it's not a bad pick, pick at all. Usually I have huge problems with lists like these, but when I saw Indiana Jones, I looked at it and I was like, yes, yeah. I was so ready to verbal like to 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 um like it was bait for me and I and I just swum right up to that little wriggling guy on the hook and I was like, I want to bite that sucker twice. I want to be dragged up on the hook. I want to be dragged through the comment section. I'm going to throw down with anybody who tries to argue with me now again charlie's giving me a little bit of a a little bit of a, a look because the assumption would be obviously for myself superman i'm surrounded by red underwear on the outside superman um and uh and you know what you couldn't go it wouldn't be a wrong answer if you said superman but again specifically you're talking about cinematic heroes now and superman has got the a lot like batman um, they have the luxury of having these multiple outlets, and yeah, there there's an Indiana Jones comic book, and and you know I own very many of them. Um, matter of fact, I, I took umbrage with the fact that with the continuing adventures of Indiana Jones, they used exactly dick amount of the pre-written adventures, which were fucking awesome. The, the, what they were able to do in the in the in the, this is a separate topic, but the Indiana <laughs> Jones comic book. <laughs> has taken him down some roads that like you could see immediately being translated into movies and they just like now nah, we'll just put some giant ass interdimensional aliens instead i'm like what the fuck are you doing 
Well, after after we could the, do better the than this perfect shit. After the refrigerator, they was like it's all downhill for me. But um, again, I, I don't want to hijack my own shit, so I'm gonna kick it around the horn. All right, uh, ladies first. We'll go to Amanda. You want to go first? You, Amanda, Empire Magazine is knock knock knocking on your door, and they say, Amanda, who do you think is the who's the best? Who's your favorite? Who's the greatest? Can't be replaced. Cinematic uh, hero for your for your dollar. Now I I have to think about this because this is actually a conversation that I feel like I I don't know if I've had like I haven't really been like who's my favorite hero. So I thought I started watching one movie today because I was like oh yeah this is it this is what I'm going with and I was like no I don't feel that way about this character anymore. So I kind of switched <laughs> gears because I went with the storyline that I like. I'm just going to say it. Mulan. I think Mulan, uh, we're going to bring it back to animated feature films. I think she's excellent because literally on her journey of self-discovery, she fucking saves China (laughs) in its entirety. And that's like the most concise explanation that I can give. But I like... As a pleasant side effect, she saves China. I, I went on this... I take like... I go into like states where like I don't think I realize that it's happening. But my, my watching of Mulan today, the notes start here... And then they go up this yeah, way, and then threes down here, and then it goes up here. And then I was like, I'm done. No, I'm not done. Because then all <laughs> of this reasons why there's like an entire feminist dissertation in here because of just the world that she starts out in. She's trying so hard to do everything right. You know, like she, the whole first opening song you see. First of all, the movie opens. <laughs> She's constructed an invention to put on her dog to make her work easier. So you already see that she's a thinker and she uses her brain just by creating an innovating tool. She's worked smarter, not harder from the beginning. That's Mulan. Um, So she always (laughs) figures out the best way to do something. Um, So she's being, if anyone's seen it, the whole first opening scene is her being primped and like covered in makeup and beautiful dresses and everything to get put uh, in front of the matchmaker who's going to pretty much decide her fate for the rest of her life based on what man she gets put with. So she's doing this to all bring honor to her family because she thinks that that's the right thing to do. It ends up going terribly wrong, (laughs) as we all know. Um, Hilarity ensues. Yeah. But then I'm just explaining the plot to Mulan now. But basically... I like it. (laughs) It's getting me geared up for the live-action remake. I'm in the first page of talking. Um, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay, so that's the world she starts in. All the songs. Liberty, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, and the first thing that she gets in trouble for in the entire movie is speaking without permission. Charlie has that problem, too. <laughs> that is literally because she talks out of turn. That's the whole first song is they don't address how she thinks. It's all, you look great, you look great, you look great. So I admire her just because she breaks out of what's expected of her to really follow her heart and do what she thinks is right. And she ends right. up disguising herself as a man, joining the army because they essentially draft one person from every single family. And her father is the only male in their family. Right. And, he's, and a disaster. he's essentially a wounded war veteran who yeah. has done his time, is very honored in the army and he won't not go and she knows that he won't not go and right. literally the last thing that he says to her um oh what was it because i was like oh my god this is like i was crying the entire movie <laughs> 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 uh, but da, but da, i don't see where it is because i went into a state and wrote an entire roadmap of nonsense um i love this song the next single <laughs> this is how we write music this is how it happens <laughs> 
It's the magic. You're, you're witnessing this. Okay, just the last thing. Are you okay? Where did I go? Uh, you went many places. I went so many places. Um, a random but picture. I think he says you would do well to learn your place. That's the last thing that her father says to her before she runs off. And that's like her deciding, this is my place. This is how I'm going to bring honor to my family. I'm going to save my family. So her entire being is selfless. She's yeah. literally going and disguising herself as a man. If she gets found out, she gets killed. So either way, she knows she's probably going to end up dead just to save her father. And she goes through, you know, the song everyone knows. Yeah. The best song in any Disney movie ever. Um, she goes through <laughs> training. Us. Yeah. Come on, what do we got? What are we doing and, here? You, he, he, he. Be your man. You know what? Let's sing it while I look at my notes. Must be swift as a crossing river. Okay. <laughs> Let's get down. To so they get called into battle. The first thing oh. they run into is a burned down village. Is a burned down village. And Li Shang, their commander, knows that he has now lost his father because that was his commanding officer. She's the only person to say sorry to him for losing his father. She's the only one to recognize that out of the entire troop. So she has a heart, and I love her for that. And. <laughs> Um, but a cannon accidentally goes off in her wagon. She reveals their position and the entire army comes after them. So they save all the cannons. They try to shoot them off. Nothing's working. They have one left. They have one left. And the order is given to shoot it directly at, um, Shan Yu, who is the leader on the other side, Mulan, who during the opening song where she's being primped and prodded and everything walks by, literally figures out a stalemate between these two older men that are playing this board game that I don't know what it is, but she figures <laughs> it out in one move. So you learn in the montage, not from anybody addressing her on how she thinks, but from how she acts amid this world that she has to just exist in. And in that moment, she sees in like the reflection of her sword this... Um, hanging snow that she's like if i shoot the cannon on there that's what she does she doesn't listen to any orders and she's like i know what's going to solve this and save everybody in one swoop she takes cannon shoots it at the snow saves her entire troop but she's now wounded and when they find out she's a woman they're supposed to kill her oof, my oof. and she's turned away by everyone and they don't they spare her life because she saved their life so now she's literally left for dead by the people that she just saved and she sees the enemy spring out from the snow. And you know what she does instead of running home? She fucking runs to the emperor and tries to get anybody to listen to her. Meanwhile, she's bleeding on her horse, knowing that she's just been cut out from the horse. Like, she's <laughs> ridiculous. And then she saves the entirety of China. Basically, <laughs> basically, she like devises a plan. It's another work smarter, not harder. While all the other soldiers are taking a battering ram to the door, she's looking out a window up in the top and figuring out how to sneak in, how to not just beat the door down with force, but what can we use to get in instead of just using brute force the entire time to win. Right. And that's how she wins. And that's how she saved China by, by literally, um, I think she just blows them with, up with fireworks at one point. But like, it's it's nuts. And that's the plot to Mulan. <laughs> I just want to uh, watch Mulan now. Yeah, it's on I Disney Plus. I want to be yeah. Mulan right now. She just, this, is, this is the most important thing. She's on the roof with Shan Yu, and he's got a sword, and she's got nothing. She has absolutely nothing but a plan that she's literally been devising as she's running through the Emperor's palace, and he goes to use it on her, and she takes out one of those little accordion foldy fans, sure. and disarms him with the fucking foldy fan, and turns the sword back on <laughs> right, him, don't break and like, just, <laughs> it's, the way her, her mind works, and how calm she stays throughout the whole thing also, yeah. 
is incredible. And I did start to watch Mulan 2 because I did not realize there was a Mulan 2 until after this happened. So I was like, let me check that out. And the first musical number is her teaching a bunch of like other little girls in her town how to be like warriors because they all want to learn from her. And the first thing she says is balance. They all want to be, they want to like kick butt. And she's like, before you can kick butt, you need to learn balance. And I think she's amazing. That, yep. I, that, that, that awesome diatribe. <laughs> me to, to, I have only two questions because you were more <laughs> thorough, I think, again, than any segment that we've ever had or will again. <laughs> that was two too high questions. quality for the show. Two questions. <laughs> Question one. How the fuck did you ever get a B minus in any <laughs> class ever when this is the preparation that she did for this nonsense? I, that's unbelievable. I, I'll go ahead. I support you if you want to take up a petition to have that grade changed after the fact because uh, I don't. I don't know anybody watching could could disagree. That was fucking awesome. Um, but I, I just <laughs> assignment. If you get a grade that's anything above a C, it means you did something extra. So my B minus, while it's a B minus and I don't understand, I did earn that B minus. It's an A. I did earn I that see, B minus. That's a, a U.S. comics A quadruple plus. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we grade on the curve here, so you never have to do the homework again. That was fucking amazing. So I, I just had a curiosity because again, the story. As I'm here, and I've seen it, I've seen it a few times, and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the live-action adaptation, even though there's been some drawing about it. Um, but people are going to say things, you know, regardless. They, they like to hear themselves talk. Music. There's no music in it. People are going to be upset because the music in Mulan, like, has some of those songs that we all know. Like any now, Disney movie, the songs that we all know. So Now, now here's the thing, and, and this this a little bit of a point-counterpoint. Um, to me... Uh, I've I've seen pretty much all of the the live action adaptations um, that we've now gotten out of out of Disney, um, and some of which are like almost point for point, you know, and you can see it as it's kind of going along as the minutes tick off of your player. You're like, I remember this point, I remember this point, I remember this moment. That's exactly the same look that that um, you know Genie gave. That you know it's like like a like a recreation, but then there are or like. Um, the live action Lion King where it's entirely animated. Like, mm, that's still animated. It's just differently animated. Um, but there are certain, uh, certain live action versions that we get, which do have striking differences. And I feel that like my first, I'll speak for myself. My first reaction is to be like, Hey, that's not the same. That's not, that's not my version. But, but after I'm done feeling sorry for myself about it, <laughs> I'll go back and, and re-examine it. And I kind of sometimes think, I'm not entirely positive. Let's see how you guys react. I'm, I kind of feel that maybe that's a good thing because to a certain degree that protects your original. So yep. the Mulan music is, is fucking awesome. And the movie was great. I personally love the animation style. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're going to get this live action adaptation and it comes at a very important time where, you know, like female empowerment is uh, in, in the in the forefront of the conversation, which is only right. And definitely something we believe here, here at U.S. Comics. Um, but by not having, you know, by, by having such serious 
uh, subject matter in a live action movie, which will likely be kind of for Disney, at least heavy on the action side, yeah. maybe, you know, gory or, or what have you yeah. by not having the music. It focuses on the, on the story of it, which is only proper, but then you also always has, have the music that you can go back to and you'll have a reason that you can now go back to and pull the animated original off the shelf. I, I don't know. It's just my, my, my two cents. What do you guys think? Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I definitely feel that. Yeah. I think that's a great way to uh, to think of it, actually. I, I'm glad I'm glad that you've introduced that to my brain. So that, like, that, that's what I'm going to be thinking is what you said when I see it, when the song happens, instead of, God, I wish this song yeah, was... Yeah. You, you know what? So thank you. I, I, I'm on your phone point. and just like, play it silently. Like, my whole point with remakes and i always say this is the original always exists if the original is better and uh, you know i'm a big video gamer so remakes and video games have been happening quite a bit lately um and like when people really start to complain about the remakes it's like i understand the argument where it's like why can't you just do something new i get that i get that completely but like when people start complaining about the remakes all this it's not going to ruin it like final fantasy 7's remake didn't mm-hmm. go back to 97 and kill undo. Final Fantasy 7. Right. Game still exists. Um, I like the Final Fantasy 7 remake a lot, but that's something for another <laughs> conversation. But um, you know, so when you when you remake something, especially like with these Disney remakes, it doesn't dis- that doesn't get rid of the old movie. The old movie will always exist, and you can always go back to watch. And I do like when they're different for that exact reason. Uh, just because it's just like, oh, cool, they're two different things. There's two different ways to tell the same story, and that's what humans have done forever. How many stories are the sure. same? We just tell right. them slightly differently here that's and there. That's the tradition. That's that's kind of the, the whole point. Yeah. If anything, it hearing a great story, especially like, you know, we do this among ourselves personally. Your friend tells you a story and it's not there. Like, it's not a, I walked into the bar and then this happened. But it's more of like a friend of mine walked into yeah. the bar and blah, blah, blah. And halfway through the story, I'm thinking, I'm going to fucking tell a shit out of this story. <laughs> <laughs> you are not being a judge, my friend. So, so I, I do wonder, like, if, if you know, if there's a certain element of that, you know, in the, um, you know, in the in the storytelling world, cinematic, you know, book, whatever, whatever. Mike, m- you know, in the Disney who's... ones, I know, um, I've been watching the Lindsay Ellis channel on YouTube a lot during this quarantine, um, <laughs> and she talks a lot about the live action remakes versus the original animated films. And I can't remember a single specific instance where this was the case now, but I know that it is the case where in some cases they went back and tried to like fix things that were complained about in the original animated. And we're like, okay, well, if you did have a problem with that, here's how we're going to fix that situation moving forward. And like, sometimes it works and sometimes people are like, I mean, it was fine, I guess. But you know, um, Aladdin, Aladdin is actually a good example of that because, as universally, I, I, I think I'm assuming, um, as universally loved as as you know Aladdin, the animated version is, um, they got a lot of grief for that opening vendor scene. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, and and looking back on it. You know yeah. that that mm-hmm. would not they would not fucking play you know in in 2020. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know it's lucky that any of us are still alive at this point. So <laughs> you would think that we'd have a little bit more latitude, but we don't. Yeah. So um, 
things like that. You know, I, I absolutely. And and they were just talking about um, with Disney Plus, there were certain things that uh, that they put out older content that they put out, which they also had to kind of get into the editing room and, and dice up here or there. And there are some things that we know to be in the Disney canon specifically that yeah. just will yeah. never play. Like you would have to, um, we were talking about HBO Max earlier and mm-hmm. HBO Max actually ran into something similar where they took Gone with the Wind off of their, yeah. out of the library and yeah. they're going to put it back, but it's going to be, it's going to uh, come with a kind of an adjacent um I'm going to refer to it as an uh, Amandaism because she's so well prepared. Um, but that's that's what they're going to do. They're going to kind of provide you with a, almost a study guide, like how this is important, um, not just in the cinematic world, just as in, in terms of an entertainment, but why this is important socially and, and, and what points, um, you know, you can look at in the 20, with 2020 eyes and look yeah. at, okay, this is the movie that they spit out, and this is why it's important, and this is where it's messed up, and this is why. Yeah. Um, which I think, personally, is, like, super-duper responsible. It's fucking way more responsible than the, the you know, the Snyder fucking cut of Justice League, that's for sure. So <laughs> well, I want more, that to come more, with our, an addendum. More, yeah, no, is always, cool. more is always more. You know what I mean? Anytime you could take... Yeah. Anytime you can take something, it, it is. Anytime you can take something old and put a new light on it, be like, hey, you remember Dumbo? There's a part in it that's real fucked up. This is why it's fucked up. This is why they didn't care. Enjoy Dumbo. Yeah. Hey, we made a live action one. None of that crow shits in it. Enjoy Dumbo. Yeah. The, yeah. The, you know, I left. I left Aladdin, which I happen to like the live action. It doesn't hold a candle for me to the animated one because I think the animated one, I was the perfect age. For, yeah. for that when it came out and now 22. I'm like yeah, I like Will Smith exactly uh, I'm the youngest 35 year old of all time uh, and you all know it every episode you all know it just a I, I can't help but be frustrated with the live action remake of Aladdin because I wanted Will Smith to drip 90s nostalgia I thought he was going to do all the impressions that the original genie did, but it would be like, oh. he's fucking Tupac, and he's, uh, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And I was hoping that the references would be as kind of out of touch, quote-unquote, as Robin... Like, Robin Williams was pulling 50s references yeah. in, in yeah. the Aladdin. Will Smith should have like been pulling his, 1992 references. Like, he should have had two milks together and and, and been rock bottoming people like just placate. Um, I would like that. It would be amazing. Like I one like day, to, uh, I'm to gonna Uncle do. Bill, just... I'm gonna do another remake of Aladdin, and it's gonna be John Leguizamo <laughs> as the genie, just doing references from 2002. He's gonna be. Like he's gonna be shenaneying and all that. The shit. genie is unapologetically Latin. He's like just talking in Spanish, all, all the salsa, merengue. <laughs> anyway, so we, we are unfortunately up against a little bit of a clock. Um, right. We don't pay by the minute or anything like that. So we're going to chug on down like the bat train itself. We're going to chug a chug a chug on down the line. Um, so, Mike, again, for your bat buck, yeah. Um, again, Empire, same situation, Empire. same door. They're knocking yes. on the door. Hey, Mike, uh, who do you got for us? It took me a while to think. About that, not really took me a while. Because Indiana Jones all the time. <laughs> Indiana Jones. <laughs> <I feel it. laughs> Indiana Jones is is such a good pick for number one, 
And I'm thinking, I'm throwing ideas around. I was getting real wacky. I was like, hmm, do I think about like Godzilla or maybe James Bond? But then I thought, I went back to um, what I think a hero is. And I think a, a literary hero needs to come from humble beginnings, needs to almost be an outsider to a degree, and needs to do the right thing for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And what characteristic always hangs over a true hero is undying responsibility. And I'm going to pick out my favorite superhero of all time. He wears pajamas, he wears <laughs> red and blue pajamas, and he got bit by a spider. Because Spider-Man, to me, if I can't have Indiana Jones, I think Spider-Man is the best Dynamite movie hero because, um, or would be my number one pick because, one, I think that, first of all, he's neutral good, which is the best character alignment. Um, also, he's he didn't ask to get the powers. The powers mm -hmm. were kind of accidentally given to him. And he was thrown the role of being a hero, and he had to step up and and do his job and one of and my favorite thing about spider-man is when he realizes that he's the he's an outsider and he has to make the right call and he has to do the right thing without help which i still i th still think one of my favorite scenes in spider-man films of all time is in spider-man homecoming when he gets crushed by the rubble and he's laying there calling out for help and no one's coming mm-hmm and he stands up and he calls himself Spider-Man. I'm like, that is a superhero. That's a superhero. That's a guy who goes, I got to do this myself. Yep. I got to, I got to, I got to shove this giant building off of my back and save. Not only do I have to save um, New York from the Vulture and what he's going to do with the Quinjet, but I also have to save him because he's my girlfriend's dad. And he's, and he's a guy that I have to save. So any hero that has to go out of – someone who has to save the day and save someone they hate or they want to yes. kill. Like, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, the Punisher would put 30 bullets in his back. <laughs> Spider-Man goes, I got to save this dude because he's a human being. And when right. I – if I kill someone or I let someone die, I'm no better than – I'm once again letting someone die, the guy who killed my uncle. Now, I, I love that about Spider-Man and that his over his, – his, his one – key characteristic is he's responsible mm -hmm. like that's his thing i got to do the right thing he's responsible and he's also like he's got the alter ego thing done really well there's two characters that do it really well in my opinion are spider-man and daredevil they have two split lives right spidey's got problems with spider-man he's got to fight a rhino or he's got to fight a guy who, who has <laughs> octopus arms or he's got to fight a vulture or a goblin <laughs> and then he's got to worry about paying his rent and then yeah. he's got to worry about getting his aunt to the doctor. So this dude isn't only like a hero as a superhero. He's a hero to the people in his life. Mm -hmm. Aunt May looks at Peter like he's a hero for her, even if it's just, you know, helping her with the groceries or making sure she gets to she can get to the doctor or she can help pay her medical bills. Like these are things that like, you know, a hero does what they have to do because they have to do it and for the right reasons. And I think that Spider-Man is 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 always in that that realm and that's why Spider-Man is never interesting when his life is good. It's it's very true. You know, it's funny. I saw um, not not immediately recently, but like relatively recently to like, you know, this decade. Um, somebody made the illusion that um, if if Spider-Man was like an HBO entity, George R. R. Martin would write him. <laughs> Because yeah. it's it's as if yeah. or like um uh, like the old uh, 
like the like the the original um the original um do do you guys are you guys familiar with uh, um the electric company? Yeah. So yeah. they they used to have a bit. So it was like the same makers of Sesame Street. I mean, it was just fucking outstanding. I mean, just the, even hearing the the theme music, I start. I'm ready to learn. I'm just like ready to learn. But they they used to have a bit that they would have an animation board, and you would see, uh, you would see the the artist, and whatever they were drawing was like, you know, it came to life. Yeah. And the fucking artist would consistently fuck with their subject matter and spider-man i always kind of think of him in that way what the fuck does spider-man do to these writers and artists that they're that they see fit to consistently mess Terrible. with this guy's day all the time like huh yeah. would it be funny if peter forgot his keys at home and locked himself why why would you do that he's a nice guy <laughs> it's the parker look man sick fucks it's the Parker luck. But yeah, no, they really Mind nailed it. that with him. And having the secret identity is very important, um, which is why they brought it back. And I think having a dual life is is really important. I mean, there aren't very ca- many characters who really handle dual dual life that well. Um, but, Mulan. She's yeah, ping. Yeah. Mulan is ping throughout the <laughs> entire movie. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mulan is and, just moving up, up my list, like further and further. <laughs> Yeah, all Jesus that Mulan. Christ. I gotta watch it again. Now. It's so good. Yeah, I'm so excited to rewatch it. <laughs> the web, yeah, the web, the web, I gotta go with the webhead. Um, it's and uh, hey, and and they just announced a new Spider-Man game today. So, oh, time Boy, for my, my my Latin brother, Miles Morales, yeah, Miles Morales, baby. Miles Morales. That's baby. why Miles is also so good. Miles has the same. They have very. You know, he's so good because he's got he's got that same characteristic that that undying the undying need to do good. And, and on top um, of it, Miles will never be Peter. So no, on top no. of every other ounce of bad luck, every bit yeah. of responsibility, every pulled in multiple directions, he'll also never be publicly or personally or privately as good as the first Spider-Man. And man, when they finally when this character's around long enough that he has stories dealing with this imposter feeling because what's miles 20 years from now yeah he's still the other spider-man man Man, i can't wait for those stories i really can't that's one of the most untapped characters right now story i mean spider-verse 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 might be the best spider-man movie spider-verse is so good it's so freaking well and that soundtrack is next level i'm so happy they chose miles as the lead you know, I I I, I love I love it. all the alternate Spider-Man. I think they're amazing, but I'm very very happy that they told that story centered around Miles because I think it's great. If it couldn't be Miles, then it it needed to be Spider-Ham. Oh, of course, voiced by John Mulaney. John that... Mulaney. But also, how can we can we talk for a second that Spider-Man. that Spider-Man <laughs> 20, 20 Spider-Man 2099 is 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 in the next movie and I think is it Oscar Isaac is Spider-Man 2099? I think so. I think so. Really? So like you couldn't do better casting in these movies. Like, oh awesome. my gosh. Just incredible. Awesome. Just incredible. Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage is Spider-Man Noir. It's, it's so, so good. Funny. I mean, it was like that was one of those castings where like similar to to the whole US comics uh, uh, origin where it was just like you know two 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 knuckleheads just sitting around and be like huh you know what would be funny and then like you fast forward 6 months later and you see it's you know that's what's on the big screen that that was fucking amazing 
Oh, so you want the full cage? <laughs> <laughs> that was in his contract. They had to pay extra or less. I don't know how full cage works. <laughs> Have you heard that story? Have you read, seen that interview? No. They no. said he, yeah, there's no. an interview with Nicolas Cage, and they're talking about making the movie. It's like a making of the Spider-Verse, and they're talking about it, and they wanted him to do more. <laughs> so he turns to them and goes, oh, so you want the full cage? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, uh, that I, is the I greatest thing the I've ever heard. Of like, of of Nick Cage meta was having him as Big Daddy. Yeah. But but you know, the Spider Verse like just outdid it. Little by, did we by, know, there yeah. was one layer it was, deeper. It was it was just a just a teaser. No, Spider Man's a, a great great fucking pick. I I couldn't agree with you more. Matter of fact, um, it looks like readership couldn't agree with you more because Spider Man is a, they they. They're very stingy. Um, yes. So you want me to pay for your uh, original uh, content? Who the fuck you think you are? So the, I, I can't find anywhere yet because it's again literally hit the stands today. Um, but before before we hand it off to to Charlie, um, some of the other some of the other uh, listed. It's an honor just to be nominated. Uh, Spider Man was indeed uh, there. Okay. Uh, she of the world's ugliest feet, the bride. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, was on there. Um, Blade showed up, which oh, Blade. Uh, to me was a respect. A I like it. Surprise. I like it. Um, I'm pumped well, for that new movie. Ooh. So, so now John Wick, uh, instant chub up for Charlie. John Wick does make the list. John Wick's great. But it's great. From Matrix, it was not Neo. It was actually Trinity. I give who it makes the list. She's important. Um, She's the best. Wonder Woman shows up. Uh, I think you guys mentioned uh, uh, yes, indeed. The, the bloody variant. Well done. Um, Iron the Man shows figure. up there. Uh, Princess Leia is there. Yeah, Princess Leia is Respect. awesome. Probably. Uh, I, I, M- Marty McFly shows oh, up. Okay. Great Scott. Gotta love Actually, that. The first person that I was going to say was my favorite hero, but I couldn't because they literally created all of the problems that they had to fix. That was the oh, only boy. thing that stopped me was that they, they they had to they had to fix the space kind time continuum that they in the first place messed up. Now 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 you you've listed the rock and all the little squigglies are um, exposed and now this this may be a rabbit hole that we'll need to delve down guys, in a repeat appearance. We can do something very similar with Indiana Jones uh, or in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, Sir, no. I'm glad. No, but they don't do anything. Don't, Mike. Got in the ark and popped it Mike, no, no. I'm going to happily. That's a bad Mike. Bring your attention to a prior, to a prior episode of of just this show. Uh, We address we address this very point. (laughs) So while I understand that you are now currently. Firmly in the Ari, <laughs> Amy Farrah Fowler camp, um, I will I will be more than glad to hold your hand and walk you back into the light because I will undo point for point every dark hole that that bitch tries to walk us down. Listen, I'll tell you right now, you I love that movie. I love Carol that movie. No, no, that dirty bitch is Amy Farrah Fowler. Okay, she's wrong. <laughs> She's Sorry wrong. to give it to you guys. I apologize. I, really, <laughs> nope. I, love, I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think it's perfect. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you angry. better say that now, Mike. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the dog, Indiana. 
<laughs> I'm more than happy to to uh, to undo that thought pattern, and it'll be done. But um, so so Charlie, I don't, I don't know. Did you have? Did I steal your thunder no, anywhere? No, no, was, was your? Oh, actually, you know who's on there? Which was another. Uh, smile maker to me. Uh, Black Panther was right on yeah. there. T'Challa. We were talk- the uh, real Black uh, Panther, though? The one who won? Or or stupid T'Challa? I always, who's so a false, always, a false there's black There's always that guy that roots for the bad guys. Always, always, always. I don't know what this kid's about. Anyways. It's um, hard, man. No. To be so evil. <laughs> we're, we're talking about my man Chadwick. Wakanda yeah. forever. Okay, so... But I don't know. Was your was your number one number one anywhere on this list? Uh, you know, it it wasn't. Um, you, what what really helped was uh, obviously we go into these. John and I go into these completely blind. We don't share our topics. But hearing uh, two fourths of Bad Mary wax so poetic, <laughs> um, it had me really thinking as they were going. And for me, this question of Who's the greatest hero? Uh, it really takes elements from both Amanda and Mike's answers, uh, and to a certain extent, Indiana Jones. But there's Spider-Mulan? one. <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that movie. Spider Mulan Jones. That's Are you kidding? yes, please. Um, it takes Hollywood. Ass- <laughs> yeah, just give us a ring. Uh, <laughs> we have a great band to do the entire score. Oh, yeah, It'll be like a, entire- a film album. Uh, good think- to go. Think the crow, where like all the songs fit, but they're not necessarily written for the picture. <laughs> It'll be fine. We'll work this out. Um, oh, Gavin, jukebox, jukebox movie. But for me, uh, it had me think about not so much reluctant heroes because they lose something for me. The the Tony Starks that like they're yeah. a hero situationally. It took them being personally affected. Um, or or an obvious answer for me would be Spider Man or or a, a Superman the rather. The only or reason Tony Stark became Iron Man is because he had literally run out of women to sleep with. He's like, well, I checked that off the list. That's I gotta done. be a what's, hero, what's or I gotta, or I gotta really convince Rhodey into some just <laughs> good times. I uh, screwed up his legs a whole different got, way got, in the Charlie verse. Two chances at it, two different actors. He's like, somebody's gonna say yes. But for me, it, it, for me, it had me ask the question of, of it had me go back to our first topic. Why do so many people love Batman? And Batman's not my answer. Uh, and I promise I'll keep it as concise as possible. But the reason people love Batman is because because they could be Batman, right? That's the general consensus. Oh, they couldn't. With they they time couldn't be Batman because they're poor and they're stupid. So it, <laughs> so it had not so much the stupid part, but it had me think about the people who can never be Batman but still rose the occasion to save the world, not once, my nominee, but twice save the world. And I think the greatest hero of all time because he was thrust into this opportunity and rose to the occasion is none other than Winston Zedmore from the Ghostbusters. Yeah! This is a guy, let's, let's roll it all the way back. Sure. This is a guy who was applying to anyone that was hiring. So the same day right. he went to to a newsstand down the street, he went to the <laughs> Ghostbusters, and he went to fucking Circuit City. That was his three <laughs> resumes. The I mean, job he, he, he didn't go to Circuit City because it was like 1984 or something like that, but 
I think we get what he's in. Whatever. <laughs> the, the 1984 Radio Shack. Radio I wanted Shack? To name oh, yeah. We've Maybe. lived long enough that Circuit City has come and gone. I'm pretty sure all those are closed <laughs> anyway. But he... There he, are kids listening to so like, what the fuck is a Circuit City? That's yeah. He, made up he literally yeah. took a job. Know. He <laughs> took a job in something he didn't believe in. And to really tell you a lot about that character who doesn't have a ton of screen time in either film, there's an amazing scene as they're driving the Ecto-1 where they start talking about religion. So Winston's mm-hmm. a religious man who mm-hmm. believes ghosts showing up, the only reason he's able to pay his, his rent, because he doesn't live in the firehouse. They don't invite him to because they're rude as hell. He's risking his life with ghosts, but they're like, yeah, no, go hop on the subway after your 13-hour <laughs> shift. Uh, real Republican, uh, Venkman. Um, but he's this guy who who knows the stakes are somewhat limited. They go and they catch ghosts. But for the most part, ghosts are scary. They're destructive. None really pose a you're going to die threat until the, un- until the main event of that first film. And they're on a rooftop. And everything they tried did jack shit, but summon a giant <laughs> marshmallow man. So what's the only solution? To do the only thing in the instruction manual. Cross the streams. We're going to die, and we're going to die painfully, but maybe we'll save New York, and by extension, we'll save the world. And this motherfucker doesn't bat an eye. Right. Uh, Egon and Ray would do it just for the science of it. Venkman knows he'll go down in some sort of history book, Either I mean, way, maybe he'll point, get a talk his show. His girlfriend is already a dog, so he's like, you know, it, it can only go up from here. Winston, who who exactly. now in the comic books uh, in canon has like a family and a girlfriend and a full developed life, is just like, well, going to save the fucking world. And what is his reaction at the end? He does, Everyone checks to make sure they're okay. He stands atop that that exploded building triumphantly and yells how he loves this town he's not even shake he's not even slightly shaken from a near-death experience in the sequel he doesn't get a talk show he doesn't get a science grant he doesn't open a bookstore motherfuckers working with ray on ray's part-time job doing kids parties what happens yeah. when the world needs saving? Give me a slime thrower. Let's walk Lady Liberty to punch a museum to fight some <laughs> dude who I got nothing to do with. Winston I'm gonna said slow more. you down real quick because you made a you made a, a an outstanding case for for the Z Man, but oh, um, let's go ahead. Let's leave Ghostbusters two out of the equation because. At this point, you're just really chopping down at your own foundation. No, I I agree with you more. <laughs> How one of my you? favorite Winston isms is um <clears throat> he you know I'll start with the the worst. The one thing that I that I hate, and it's not Winston's fault. It's just kind of an element uh, about the story. Um, when they say like he's basically saving the world for like twelve grand a year. Or something just like morally reprehensible to my, my gut. I'm like, how much? Yeah. Oh, my perdundums just just inflamed. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, so yeah, he's he's doing what he's doing for like very little money. Um, I'm pretty sure they're not even providing him with free cigarettes because he blows through at least that much in cigarettes every every uh, every uh, episode. Um, 
But no, my my favorite thing about him is kind of his like shit, shit things are fucked up. Like the world is an imperfect place. Um and nobody likes it. But he's gotten to that point place where he's just like fucking guy. It's like, you know, he's got a fancy place to go to and he's all all dressed up, all jazzed up, and it starts raining on him. It's like he stepped outside, he's like fucking raining his <laughs> attitude about the twinkie is the most is the, the, the most fucking him thing i've ever like you could encapsulate his entire character in just it's that so true 30 second moment like tell him about the twinkie like can you believe this shit motherfucker no tell him about the twinkie it's it's fucking perfect that's a that, that's a great answer i love it's it really good that's a great <laughs> answer thank you uh, 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 and you know what? Just a hell of a nice guy. Just the best. Just a, just a swell guy. So um, we're we're uh, grossly over time. So everyone who hung around with us, we we certainly appreciate it. And if you're currently still hanging around with us uh, by audio, thank you very much as well. Um, now I do want to take this opportunity to first and first mostly thank our outstanding guest, fifty percent, two fourths of Bad Mary. Um, guys, were, you guys are awesome. Thanks, guys. You guys did your homework. You backed up your sources. You, your reference sheet was outstanding. Uh, you have a, a great backdrop. Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, you guys are unbelievable. Frankly, I'm I'm ready to hand over the reins and just this could be the the Mike and Amanda U.S. Comics hour, um, ish, give or take. Um, hour but, So we do want to thank you guys for joining us. It was awesome. We're definitely going to do it again. Please. Very, very soon. Outstanding. <laughs> Love to hear it. that. Love to hear that. Um, but this is normally the point in the show where we thank our silly listeners for and viewers for joining us. And we um, kind of haphazardly throw it away to Bad Mary to take us out. Now, we do this typically, as Mike <laughs> shows us the moneymaker. He's um, so subtle. Typically, we do this. <laughs> To pay no attention to what you see in the Mike's lower right quadrant. right here. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, whoa. Mike, looking great. Um, we normally have a, uh, a the, we, we use one of the many, many awesome songs from the Bad Mary Library to take us out. Um, but it just seemed kind of foolish. We have, we have them right here. So I will, I'm going to go ahead and let me do some acting. Guys, um, for the first time ever let me ask you this question would you be willing and able to take us out live today i mean i have this guitar (laughs) so why not folks enjoy live for your pleasure bad mary take us out all right this song's called disaster party one two one two three
phone is blowing up, filling up my cup. This is our final day. We're not gonna wake up. It's 2 a.m. and we do not see an end. These people won't stop partying tonight. A Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for the live concert. You guys watching, you're welcome. Um, back these guys up. Go go to their page. Um, you know, uh, get involved with their Patreon. Oh, this is exactly the type of stuff that you're gonna get. I mean, HBO Max, eh, Netflix, it's all right. Disney Plus, sure. This is value for your dollar, folks. Get it done. Guys, thank you so much. That was fucking awesome. Charlie, take us out, brother. Thank you, guys. Until next time, you heard Bad Mary. That just means it's time for you suckers to go to sleep. We'll see you next Comic Book Day.